1: Welcome to the first season of Fluster Clucks, when we launched at the beginning of the pandemic as a mom's retreat. We're no
2: longer stuck in our houses, but most of us feel stuck in our anxious patterns. I'm Lynn Lyons, an anxiety expert, speaker, mom, and I've been a therapist for over 30 years. And I'm Robin, your co-host and Lynn's sister-in-law. Parenting is a Fluster Clucks. And we'll help you find your way. What important family event are you missing out on? All of these events, these milestones, these celebrations, they're being canceled and postponed. And it's not just the actual event, it's all the fun, the excitement, all the preparation, all the anticipation, all the shopping for the prom dress, all the cooking of the birthday cake. What do we have to look forward to right now in this time of isolation? everybody it's Lynn Lyons and welcome to a mom's retreat I am sitting here in my living room of course and I am joined by my producer Robin hi Robin hi Lynn where are you I'm in our closet in the bedroom <laughs> <laughs> because your kids are in the house and you need a quiet place I'm happy to have you join me virtually, of course. We were just talking before we um, started recording about how we're missing each other and how we haven't seen the people that we want to see. And so it's nice to be with you virtually. But of course, you're in your closet and I'm in my living room. So it's a little tricky. So let's talk about FOMO, fear of missing out. Because, you know, it's not really fear anymore. We've gotten rid of the FO. It's not FOMO. It's Mo. This is really hard. I think this is hard on parents too. And, you know, as I I said earlier, I have a senior in college and he's home. And I don't think he's going to have graduation. He told me that he was saying goodbye to these people that he's worked with, his professors that he's created relationships with, his friends, underclassmen. And he said, I just don't know if I'm ever going to see these people ever again in my life. Um, and I think that one of the things about all of these things being canceled is that we're missing out on these opportunities to connect and to celebrate. These are rituals that are so important for us. So we're missing out on our kids' milestones. They're missing out on the milestones. Sometimes, actually, I think that it might even be harder on us, especially if you have younger kids. A first birthday party, I think, is much more memorable for you than for your your child. They're not even going to remember it. So it feels really tricky, I think. I think we're grieving the loss of those things. And so I think we need to pay attention to how we can celebrate these things, even though we can't do it in the way that we we normally would. Um, So So how do
1: you think a family should do that? Especially considering the milestones are affecting family members of so many different ages.
2: That's right. I don't I don't know. I, I would imagine there aren't too many families who are going to get through this without missing something, particularly because it's the time of year um, where at the end of the school year, we have all those graduations and celebrations and proms. But gosh, there's going to be birthdays. There's going to be anniversaries. So I think the way we have to market is that we have to do something. Right. So there's we've we've got to we've got to market by some sort of change. So, of course, there's the celebration that we have, but there's also what the milestone means. So how can we make it meaningful in other ways? So I was thinking about that and I was thinking, what could you change in your household that would actually make A differentiation between before the milestone and after the milestone. So, for example, say you've got a five year old who's celebrating a birthday. So, of course, you want to have a birthday celebration. Of course, we're all, you know, maybe there's a Zoom celebration and you want to have cakes and balloons and all the things that you can have. But I wonder too if you could then say that your five year old's bedtime is now 10 minutes later or they get to do something that they weren't allowed to do Whatever small little thing that is, some they, they, they earn a privilege. Um, the other thing that I was thinking about, too, is, I was driving to the grocery store the other morning and it was completely deserted, is that if you've got a in, – in New Hampshire, if you turn 15 and a half, then you're allowed to start driving with an adult. What if you're turning 16 and it's time to go and get your driver's license and you can't do that right now because you can't go into the Department of Motor Vehicles? It's a wonderful time to start teaching your teenager to drive. I would take advantage of that. You can go out on the streets there are no cars. So not you don't have to go to the Kmart parking lot if you don't want to. Go in your neighborhood. So so how is it that we that we can mark this in making some change in the house? Maybe you rearrange the furniture in your kid's bedroom. Something, something.
1: What this is reminding me About is your tool that you always talk about in your talks and in your books, too, is the wall of flexibility. Mm -hmm. Because bending the rules or being flexible and going with the flow is such a critical skill to train your kids, but Mm -hmm. you have to model that too. So now Mm -hmm. is the time for parents to say, We typically don't allow this, but Mm -hmm. like right now we're going to.
2: Tell me a little bit more about why that's so important um being flexible why being yes. flexible is so important well because in a time of change and in a time of stress anxiety really wants rigidity that's one of the things that it feeds off of so it wants and of course again it's not all or nothing we're not going to throw out predictability and you've heard probably a lot of people talking about the need for structure in our lives right now because It just feels like the days are going on and on. So breaking them up in some ways. But this idea of flexibility, this idea of saying to your family, in these unusual circumstances, how is it that we can be flexible in a, in in a way that lets us know that that our normal life is continuing as as much as it can but that we're not going to let worry show up we're not going to let anxiety show up and say things have to be a certain way because that's anxiety demanding predictability demanding certainty and this is a time when we can't have that so we want I I often say to kids look you can either be rigidly flexible or flexibly rigid you choose and they sort of go oh, what but but this is this is about health- helping kids be adaptive. And I think that one of the things that we're learning through all of this is how do we adapt? And being adaptable is an enormously important skill. So it's not just about flexibility. It's about managing disappointment as well. So how do we cope when things happen, when things get canceled, when we miss out, And when that happens, because there are situations that are greater than ourselves, right, this is going to happen in the future in life. So this is an opportunity to talk about our kids, about how we navigate our own disappointment when something bigger than ourselves happen. I remember uh, talking to a, a friend and they had a trip planned to Disney and the family was so excited. And then the grandfather died unexpectedly and they had to cancel their trip. And of course the kids were so disappointed. Um, they They told the kids that this has happened. And one of the first responses of one of the children was, well, that means we can't go to Disney that's a very normal and natural response and it it offered an opportunity for the parents to talk and to educate kids cuz we kids tend to be a little self-absorbed that's a normal part of development that's okay so how are we managing our own disappointment how are we managing the fact that we're not going to be able to be in the play that we got the lead in? How are we going to be able to manage the fact that we found the perfect prom dress and now we can't wear it? How are we going to manage the fact that we are planning a sweet 16 party or a bar mitzvah or a wedding or a baby shower? I have a a, a friend who has a um, a sister who's about to give birth to her first child within the next month, and they won't be able to celebrate that together as a family. So there's a lot of opportunity here for kids to really be outside of themselves and to recognize this in a way that I think is uh, hopefully is going to help humanity. It's going to help our connection to others, which is something that we really, really can experience during this time.
1: That's right. Do you think that there is a correlation that kids who might need extra modeling and flexibility might Uh, have a harder time managing disappointment, like aren't there, there's
2: a correlation. Yes, certainly. Because, because remember, predictability is like, this is how things have to happen. And so disappointment, disappointment shows up when things don't go the way that they planned, right? You don't feel disappointed when everything turns out great. You don't feel disappointed when the plan comes together. You feel disappointed when there is a shift, when there's a change, right? When it rains on your parade. And so helping kids to manage disappointment and to talk about flexibility and what do we do now? I think this is just going to happen on a regular basis, isn't it? Day after day, week after week as we go through this. I I don't mean to say that this isn't really hard and challenging for all of our families. I'm just trying to say that there are there's a lot of low hanging fruit here if we can pull up our parenting skills and we can we can look for the opportunities to really teach some some valuable valuable things to our children during this. SkylightCal.com slash Flusterclux. That's S K Y L I G H T C A L dot com slash Flusterclux. Mother's Day is coming right up, so order today to get 15% off your purchase at SkylightCal.com slash Flusterclux. Picture the thing that you've always wanted to learn. And now picture that you're learning it from the person who's literally the best in the world at it. It's fantastic and that's what you get with MasterClass. I recently listened to Matthew Walker's talk on sleep and the importance of consistency with sleep. I loved Bobby Brown's MasterClass, gave me all these tips about putting on makeup because, you know, I'm in front of a camera sometimes and I want to look good and Bobby was such a big help. So, this year, learn from the best fluster get fifteen percent off right now at masterclass dot com slash fluster masterclass dot com slash fluster
1: What do you think
2: about the role of social media
1: and celebrating things. And we've, you and I've had a lot of conversations about Christmas cards, Mm -hmm. for example, (laughs) Yes, (laughs) and um, the desire of creating a perfect family, Mm -hmm. domestic, blissful image Mm -hmm. on a little piece of Mm cardstock. So what do you think the role of a healthy role of social media can be right now and an unhealthy role?
2: Well, I think, Here's the thing, right? So, so I've been noticing, and it's only been, you know, we're only a few weeks into this, but one of the things that I am a little worried about, if I may say that, is that we are going to turn this into milestone mania, right? So it's going to become a competition, just like Christmas cards are a competition, just like vacation photos can become a competition, just like this idea that everything's going great. I feel like there is going to be on social media, there is going to be this ratcheting up of what we're doing to mark milestones. So we're seeing these cute videos. I saw this one that was so sweet. This little boy is standing there and the fire trucks are going by and the ambulances are going by. And then somebody else is going to think, oh gosh, my, my kid's... Parade outside won't be good unless I can get. God, I got to find an elephant. Right there's got to be a camel in my kids' parade. I just feel <laughs> like it's we're going to just keep ratching it ratcheting it up. Um, I think we need to recognize that that social media. You know, I always say it's it's not about social connection; it's about social comparison. I think we really need to pay attention to this comparison thing that can happen. That you as a parent are going to start to feel crappy because you didn't find a creative way to mark this milestone and share it on social media so that everybody says, oh my gosh, I can't believe she actually, she painted her whole house pink. You know, I just think that, that we really have, we really have to pay attention to that. We really have to make sure that we, we keep it in perspective as we're, as we're doing this. And, you know, the other thing, too, is that we're going to have other celebrations that are going to happen. It's not that we are missing out on milestones forever and ever. It's just that we're missing out on this one. We need to make room. We need to empathize like crazy because these things are so important, particularly to teenagers. But I think we need to make sure that we don't make it into a a, a parenting competition. And I think... I think it has a a, a potential to do that. So let's just all pump the brakes where that's concerned.
1: Yeah. What will Christmas cards look like this
2: year? We still (laughs) stay the hairstyle. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I know. Well, let's, let's please, let's not, let's not think that our Christmas cards are going to be taken during this. Could that happen? It's only March. I guess it could. Yeah. I mean, there could be, it could be funny. I think one of the things I've noticed through all of this too, um, is, and, and I know that worry, we talked about this a little bit last time, that worry and fear and anxiety are joy smushers and they're also create creativity crushers. Um, and so I am so grateful for the people that are putting funny things out there that just make me giggle in all of this, that you can be going through this and you can still pull up some creativity, still pull up some joy, still pull up some silliness, because it really is okay to to have those feelings too as we're going through all this. I am I am so grateful for the funny people. I am so grateful for the creative people. I am so grateful for the person who put that little meme out there the other day that said, just in case you're wondering, today is March ninety fifth or something like that. Just makes me smile. Yeah.
1: What would you say to the moms or teenagers who might have perfection issues and social media was one of their tools of trying to create perfection. Oh,
2: that is such a good question. Um, this is this is not the time for perfection. I don't think there's ever the time for perfection. I think perfection is such totally. a Totally. Yeah, I think this is So overrated. Is, <laughs> perfection is so overrated. Yeah. I I always say there was a little boy in my office once and I said, "Do you think you're a perfectionist?" and he said, "Not yet." And I thought, "Oh, you poor little muffin." Um so being able to Look at perfection, being able to examine perfection during this time where perfection is not our way out of this. Um, And I think, again, take it out of your immediate experience and look at what people who are really on the front lines dealing with this are doing. It is not about perfection. People are being adaptable. People are being flexible. People are figuring things out on the fly. There is no room for perfection during a pandemic, and there is really no room for perfection when you as a family are trying to manage this pandemic. It's a trap. It will make you crazy. It is the opposite of creativity and joy. It is rigidity in in all its glory and it really it, it, if there is ever been a time for you to step back and say how can i replace perfection with something like joy or silliness or playfulness that would be a wonderful thing for you to work on during this time as you parent and vulnerability and vulnerability yeah i mean i just think we we you know we we were laughing everybody's roots are going to start to get a little showing and I I saw a friend walking the other day and, and honestly I'll just be honest with you I saw her hair and I thought like oh uh, she, she hasn't been able to get her roots done right I mean we're all in that place and it really just means it's it's a way to connect you know perfection is the opposite of so many things like I said it's the opposite of joy it's the opposite of flexibility and it really is the opposite of of connection too trying to connect with someone who is presenting themselves as perfect is really, really hard to do.
1: It would be so great if one of the cultural outcomes of this experience is an embracing authenticity and human connection and vulnerability at a at a much greater level and rejecting Instagram influencer culture that that striving for creating perfect moments. Um, I'd love to see that as a positive outcome of this. Yeah.
2: And isn't it interesting that we use the term creating perfect moments, right? So, so we're going to, it's all a creation, isn't it? And really what we want to create are all sorts of wonderful moments. Just all, you know, I mean, I, we have had in my household here, we have had so many belly laughs in the last few days Um, It's the first time that we've, the four of us, because I have two college kids, it's the first time the four of us has spent this much time together. And it is so wonderful to just laugh and to just enjoy that. We aren't trying to create any kind of perfection in this house. We're just trying to create connection. And and one moment, one moment, one moment, one moment. I, I would love that too, Robin. Wouldn't that be great? Mm. well, a humbling a humbling memory
1: though is if this were happening to you when
2: your boys
1: were both under the age of eight.
2: Uh, that is a humbl- that is a humbling moment and I was um I was thinking about that the other day too. Um, I was thinking about what it would be like and I was talking about this with my friend too, what it would be like uh when they were one and three, when my boys were one and three, that was the year that nearly did me in. And I can't imagine what this would be like if they were one in three. It would be so, so hard. So thank you so much for joining us as as we navigate through this. I think that what Robin and I so clearly want to convey is that we want this to be a moment or several moments of connection for you. So wherever you're listening to this, however it is that you are fitting us in, we want this to be your retreat. It certainly almost feels, well, it does actually feel like kind of a retreat for me. As I said, Robin's sitting in her closet and I'm sitting in in my living room. And this is time that we're spending together too. So Um, Please join us on the Facebook group um, for the podcast. If you'd like to submit topics for me to talk about, um, please, uh, we're looking at all of that stuff coming in. Um, We're going to talk about things like how staying at home has disrupted family sleep. I really want to make sure we talk about how we can increase autonomy during this and to make sure that we don't regress. I also want to talk about some of the normal things that we'll see, particularly in younger kids as this goes on, some of the regression you might see and how you might handle that. So I thank you for joining us. And until next time, Robin, I hope, I hope I'll see you soon, at least. At least virtually. That's right. And next episode is how to not lose
1: it in front of your kids. Oh, yeah, that's
2: right. Yeah. How to not lose it. Yeah. Yeah. Screaming. The real contagion. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory.